welcome to Shades of Brown, the podcast that discusses the ever-evolving and sometimes contradicting thoughts of a Black millennial. I'm your host, Allie B, and today we have a really cool episode, um, but before I get into any of that, I just want to take a moment to send all the love and positive vibes and healing energy to Nashville, my city. Um, I'm recording this on the day that we had a deadly tornado come through our city. As of the moment of this recording, the death toll is like 25. And that is just crazy. Like this tornado was so destructive, so massive. Um, and I'm just thankful that I wasn't in, in the direct path, nor was anyone that I know personally. Um, but to all of those affected families in Nashville, um, Shades of Brown is praying for you. Allie B is praying for you. And I hope that you, my listeners, will join me in praying for these affected families. Um, Y'all, it is really bad. It's just, it's really, really bad. I don't think they've had a tornado um, similar to this one since 1993. Or 1998. And I think before that, the uh, most massive one before that was like in the 30s. So yeah, this isn't common. Not this level or this magnitude of a storm is not common for the city. And and that freaking tornado went straight through downtown. I mean, it just went through down. Like, it's it's crazy, y'all. It's sad. So yeah, I just want, before I get into the episode, I wanted to take a moment to just send love to my beautiful, charming, um lovely music city, Nashville. All right, y'all, let's get into the episode. Today, Shays Brown has a guest host. I'm so excited to introduce y'all to one of my dear friends, Corey Ellison. Tell the people, hey, Corey. Hey, people. I'm Corey Ellison. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be your first host. You didn't say that, but I will. Yes, you are my first guest host, and I'm excited that you are. I am too. Yeah, this is going to be good because, um, yeah, we're both preacher's kids. Um, but instead of me just talking to the people about my life as a PK, I thought I'd get you on here to share all the dirty laundry about PK lifestyle. <laughs> is that okay? <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Before we get into the let's unpack it segment, let's play a quick game of never have I ever a old school game that I like just will never get tired never. of. <laughs> I will never get tired of. I love it. It's so fun. <laughs> so since we're not in each other's presence, I'm just going to pull your card and I'm going to read it for you. And then you'll have to, you'll have to share with the people what your answer is. I'm going to also play the game. All you right, go. you go first. <laughs> no, no, you're the guest. You're the guest. So you're oh, going to go but first. but you're a lady. <laughs> <laughs> OMG. Okay, I'll go first. Okay. Never have I ever broken up with someone via text message. I have not broken. Oh, wait, I'm thinking about it. Um, I, hmm. I have not broken up with anyone over text. I can't imagine you doing that either. Yeah, wait now, what does that mean? I'm just saying, you're too great of a 
person to do that. Mm, mm, clean it up. <laughs> that's not, clean it up. No, that's just not your, that's not how you do. You, yeah, that's you not how I do Face to face. Let's unpack this first. Da-da-da. Yes, yes. Well, actually, yes. if you're breaking up with them, you already done unpacked it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you next. Okay, I'm going to read yours. Never have I ever hooked up with a bartender for free drinks. Have you? Hooked up implies sex, so no. But I've been, I've had become cool with <clears throat> a bartender, but like it just happened. It wasn't nothing like extra. It wasn't a hookup. They gave cool. me the hookup. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so no. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, one more round. Why well, am all in mind about relationships? Okay, mm-hmm. never have I ever cheated on a partner more than once. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. God delivered, you know, he washed away all those. Listen, <laughs> he huh? takes it all. He takes the residue and everything. Yeah, I don't think I've done it more than one. I learned my lesson and I was delivered. Amen. <laughs> so you did. <laughs> Not more than once, though. <laughs> oh, <God>. next question. <laughs> I was young and dumb. Okay. <laughs> okay, here's yours. Never have I ever worn the same underwear twice in a row. Baby, I will <laughs> put some things back on. Do not care. Oh my gosh, Corey. And it was a light day. I didn't do much. And I oh my put on gosh. Hair draws. <laughs> Corey. I don't think, bro. Wait, wait. No, 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 no. No, no. Dirty laundry. Let's talk about it. Now, this is not the norm for me. Right, right. Let's 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 clarify. Like these, we're talking about like you're talking about like emergency situations, right? No, nah, it don't be emergency. <laughs> <laughs> but if you know me, you know I'm a like. A washaholic, like I wash clothes every day. Yes, but like yes. it was a time in my life where I didn't have as many draws. Corey, Corey, wait, just, just <laughs> it was man. I didn't have that many draws, and like <laughs> I just bought some more last week, so I added two to the collection. And now I ain't got to do that no more. <laughs> talk about it. So two was a magic number. You just needed two more to not ever wear the same pair of draws. Mm, I need. <laughs> Oh my God. I, I could use two more. Wait, let's let's, let's move on. This is <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> now I feel the need to explain myself. <laughs> I think you should. <laughs> it's just, oh. <laughs> sir. I tried to help you when I said, you know, these are emergency situations, and you like, eh. okay. So, like, say <laughs> I wore, I wore, <laughs> I wore some drawers, uh-huh. and it was a light day. And then, like, Saturday come around, and I just need to run to the store, or just it's gonna be another like day. I might just pick them back up and put them back, put them back on. I might flip them, reverse them things, and then <laughs> we're just gonna move on because the more you talk, the more questions I have about this. It sounds worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're just gonna move on. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna help you out. We're gonna play this one more time. <laughs> All right. Um, never have I ever had to wear makeup to hide a hickey. We gave hickeys when we went like middle school and high school. I wasn't wearing I wasn't wearing makeup like that for real, for real. So I I guess no. I just you know tried to wear something to cover it up, I guess, or mm-hmm. tried to Google home remedies. 
<laughs> that that never worked, by the way. Ice on your neck and stuff. Right, a cold spoon, all crazy stuff. Okay, this is your last one. All right. Never have I ever created a fake Twitter or Facebook account to stalk another person. Uh, I have one active right now. <laughs> Currently not. <laughs> oh my god! It was a hard time, man. Wait, I just wanted to know. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to know. <laughs> like what? What? What did you find? Like, okay, I, a couple of questions. So, how did you go about not being seen as a creep? You know, like. Did you use like a random dude off of Google? Was, no, it was all. No, I I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. It's so funny. Well, if you really want to know, it was a woman. Like I did it as like a woman's account. And it was so funny. A dude hit me up, and he was like, "You can't be real." And like I had to have a conversation with him because he was a part of my investigation as well. <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> too much that was years ago i still got the account because sometimes i'll be having to do my research and i don't want to wow. through my page and you accidentally double tap on yeah you gotta be careful you can't double tap when double. you're gonna be scrolling back 16 months you gotta be careful yeah. like a creep. <laughs> right. as if creating a fake account wasn't creepy <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Joe acting self. Oh, you oh, looking boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move into the next segment. Let's unpack it. Corey, let's unpack this PK lifestyle. I believe I said it before. PK means preacher's kid or pastor's kid. And both Corey and I um, grew up or well, actually we're still, we're, we'll forever be preachers' kids. We're not, our, our parents aren't changing. Um, but we did grow up in the same state and in a similar, in a similar church organization. I'll say it like that. We, ha- we have similar church foundations and we're raised with similar spiritual principles. So that, that is me being, um, what is, nice. what is <laughs> we have no interest in sharing certain specifics because it's just irrelevant to yeah the point of this particular episode. This particular episode is about a PK's life, not the actual church organization or whatever you, whatever. So yeah. All right. So Corey, share a little bit about your PK background. Okay. I grew up in a Pentecostal church. Holiness is right. Holiness or hell. Listen, Uh, holiness (laughs) is right. I know the Bible is right and somebody wrong. Oh, yeah, that part. <laughs> and so, yeah, uh, Pentecostal church where I volunteered and uh, went to church every Sunday, had Bible study, had youth choir, all the Southern church things that we do in the South. If you don't know anything about the South, the South is heavily populated with like churches on every corner. So church is a thing. Mm-hmm. Church is a big deal. Everybody know or everybody, every, most of everybody back in this was like what nineties, early two thousands. That everybody was just going to church back then. Mm-hmm. Um, back then, like people stopped going to church, but you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, and so my dad, in particular, he had uh, he started in the nineties, and then up until now has multiple campuses, and even like throughout my high school and junior high school life had multiple campuses. So a fairly well known pastor in the city. So like I could go to school. A lot of my teachers went to our church. A lot of our students. Mm-hmm. My, uh, classmates rather went to the church so it was like 
my dad was a known pastor in the mm-hmm. area and probably the largest or one of the largest predominantly black churches mm-hmm. in the city and eventually you know had churches in or a church in another city in Alabama for the majority of my life I was a part of that and um yeah that's pretty much the background of it all Pentecostal to the bone Pentecostal to the bone through and through you talked about you just mentioned how your dad was um pretty well known in the city and how even at your school uh, a lot of the teachers went to your church a lot of your classmates so essentially the the people knew you the people of your city knew your family um that's safe to say right yeah so did you ever feel like maybe friends in school growing up or maybe even the people that you were dated did you ever question them and ever think it's just because of who my dad is looking back, like people kind of did, some people did kind of flock to that part of me or flock to me because of that. But I like in the midst of like schooling and all that stuff, I didn't even consider that. Girls, I didn't even consider that. And Mm -hmm. because to me, it's like, I know what we got. We, we were well off. Like we weren't family in poverty that I knew of at least. Yeah. And, um, but to me, I I think a lot, like back in the day and even now, you know, people kind of correlate money and pastors and churches together. And I can see yeah. now why, how like some of those relationships develop because of thoughts of the like those kind of thoughts of those people. But like I never even considered it to like my adult years. Mm-hmm. By that time, all the relationships were over and ended. So you're saying you question that type of thing more so as an adult. So is that something you currently deal with? Like, hmm, why are you getting close to me? Is that a thing for you now, or at least in your I adult, adult years. I definitely will consider it, uh, given the way we met or how we connected with each other or how conversations go. Yeah. I definitely consider because a lot of those relationships or conversations will start with like, oh, ain't you such and such son? Yeah. And so like I um I don't really I'm really particular about my relationship these days. So it's like I can peep game and like yeah. my God-given discernment. Come on, tap in. <laughs> tap uh, in. To like really see, because I, I, I feel like I've been through enough relationships, like whether it be friendships or uh, romantic ones, to like really peep game and see what people real motives are. I understand that completely. Um, and to the point where when that would come up or like when people would... I guess identify me as such and such as daughter, you know, the preacher's daughter, I would then feel the need to like switch up my behavior or, or at least just be more cognizant of it or more aware of it. Or like, let me make sure that they are seeing me in a certain light now. Like Even, a good light? Well, it depends. It depends. It depended on who it was. Right. So it's mm. like, I guess it depended on what I wanted them to see. Right. Because on, on, on one hand, it was all oh, snap. They know, I'm, I'm, I'm seen now. I got to like, you know, be on the straight and narrow and like make sure I'm uptight and like, you know, not 
saying silly stuff or not doing silly stuff. But on the other end, it was sometimes the opposite, like, oh, snap, now you know I'm a preacher's kid, so I got to prove myself. I got to prove that I'm regular. I got to prove that, like, <laughs> I'm a cool kid. I really am, I swear. <laughs> you know, that, that kind of thing, you know? Um, so, did you ever, so did you ever deal with that where it was like, dang, now that they know, I got to, like, act a certain way or be a certain thing or represent the family name? Or was there pressure? Was there, was there that family pressure to make sure you were representing your father and your father's ministry and all of those things? Oh, that's so heavy. Represent his ministry. And so, like, most of these things, like, I referred to back as a child. And, yeah, because I was bad, like, in school. <laughs> <laughs> I was a class clown. So, like, when teachers knew, I had to, like, really tighten up and stuff. And mm-hmm. it, And not only that, it was like, even with classmates, they'd be like, oh, well, Corey, you know, he a preacher, son. You can't, you can't talk to him like that. Mm -hmm. Even now at my job, people will be like, oh, well, you can't, you know, you can't talk to him like that because he a preacher kid or you can't do that, Corey, because you a preacher kid. So like from childhood on until like present day, that's like a thing. And it's like, now it's not so much of a weight. Now it's just like, ah. It's just annoying. It's yeah, it's very annoying. It's so annoying. May I just tell the people of God? Yeah. It is so annoying. <laughs> it's like, fam, come on. Come on. I done been at my daddy's house for since I was 18 years old. Can we move on? <laughs> I'm about to be 30. Right. Like, come on. Can like we just move on? And maybe, and maybe it's for them though. Maybe their awkwardness or their, you know, annoying comments are for their comfort. Maybe they don't know that. And and I and I guess it's what this is what this is for. It's like, yo, we're regular, fam. We're we're just regular. There's nothing like peculiar in our nature that should cause anyone to act differently or treat us differently and and so yeah stop being weird people i'm regular but i'm anointed though oh my god listen set apart chosen listen, called by y- god huh Yada yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like wait now i mean i'm regular but i'm really not okay i got you and you know i ain't trying to be deep listen, that's like a thing go you there though like- go there Dealing with the PK part of life in, like as a child and then like just already not fitting in already because mm-hmm. like how you looked or mm-hmm. because like for me, like I needed braces, I wore glasses, mm-hmm. my head was bigger than my body. <laughs> like, and then at a young age, knowing that God's hand was on my life, but not really having the language for it too. Mm-hmm. Like imagine all of that, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, like, I don't, I don't, I don't have to imagine it. I lived it. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. So I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Talk, I guess talking to you now about it, like dissecting the PK part of it, but also thinking about all the other things yeah. like, that I just mentioned. That one's kind of heavy. It is. It is. And it, it ends up like making it be a very lonely lifestyle. Did you ever struggle with your identity or your purpose? I know just a second ago you were saying that you knew at a very early age you had a call on your life, but didn't have the language for it. But did you struggle with like who you were as just Corey? Or did you always feel like your identity was wrapped up in something else or somebody else? Yeah. You know, I I really didn't realize how much 
as a child, I was struggling with my identity mm-hmm. um, because I always equated things with church and my dad. It was like, that is him and his stuff, but I'm making it me too, if mm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, but I didn't have the relationship with God. I mm. didn't have a prayer life or I didn't really care mm-hmm. to do that because I was just young and uninformed in certain areas. Mm-hmm. So um, I was just like kind of going about life, like people pleasing, trying to make friends here and there, never really making friends always being like I said like that outcast and even into in that and of course as you can imagine that definitely trickled into my adulthood mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. like even as a like in the past couple of years like I, I kind of had the epiphany of like man like you really are unaware of what your true identity is mm. and so like these past few years have really been honestly even I feel like really last year was a year and I'm 29 and I'm so like I'll be 30 in April of 2020 so last year was a year that I even considered finding Mm. my identity wow you know what I'm saying and it's like Wow. Why are you old? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And let me add context to that. So, Corey, you not only were just a PK and, you know, went to church with your family and stuff like that, but you served in ministry. You had actually been working in your dad's ministry since like the age of what, 13 or 14, up until? Yeah. Uh, up until 2019. I started off working camera at church. That turned into being like a director of mm-hmm. the productions we had every Sunday, mm-hmm. which eventually turned into me being like an editor of weekly broadcast and just being over the whole media department. Mm-hmm. And not only that, I was like, before before our uh, campus opened up in another city, I was over the youth praise team. Mm-hmm. And then that transitioned into me being over a whole another praise team at a whole another church mm-hmm. um, in another city uh, under the same ministry. So praise team leader, media director, trying to work, trying to make money, trying to Mm -hmm. be in a relationship, trying to have friends, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. When I say it to you out loud, all I can see is me trying to please all those people. Mm, That's (laughs) sad. All those, ain't it? That's so sad. I just want to give you a hug. (laughs) Hug me, baby. I need one. It's like when you finally realize that a lot of lot of your tendencies and a lot of your thought patterns is due to a lack of awareness of your identity, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Oh, yeah. Like then you'd be like, okay, Lord. I'm aware now <laughs> uh, what what I need to do. And yeah. what did that look like? Like for me, what I am learning is my identity is wrapped up in God's identity, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. In mm-hmm. a sense of like, I'm trying, I'm in a place of learning God's identity. And I feel like I lack the language or the understanding of God's identity due to certain uh, restrictions and limitations. Mm. I put on him based off natural things like natural relationships. Mm-hmm. I uh, let that hinder my understanding of God's identity. Mm-hmm. And so like when I, and when I finally came to that, I was like, dang, that's a lot of limitation. That's a lot yeah. of conclusions I done put on God or yeah. uh, expectations I put on God that aren't even God given. So learning to strip those things, yeah. um, it's difficult and it's a process and it's yeah. like um, a real naked place mm. and a vulnerable place and a very uncomfortable place, but a very like beneficial place because mm-hmm. 
you begin to, I begin to learn myself and learn what my triggers are or understand yeah. those better and learn why I do what I do. Why I yeah. treat these people like I do this. Why I act like this in relationships. Mm. Why am I so un- inconsistent with God or with myself mm. or with all the things. Yeah. Oh, hello. This this is this is so good because just the the just last week's episode I was talking about self-awareness and it sounds like you too are on a self-awareness journey. And it's so interesting. I just got to stop here. You talking it's like oh my god my my brain is just going crazy because I have so many questions I want to like ask you to like dig deeper into what you're saying, but like mm-hmm. I want people to understand like I feel I feel like people have assumed that because we are preacher's kids and because we are Pentecostal preacher's kids, you know, it's like, oh, we know God, you know, like we besties, you know, like Jesus and us are best friends. That's our like big brother. We go way back, you know, and that's not always the case. We don't always have relationship. Like you were just saying earlier, how you didn't even know God for real. You just, you know, going through the motions and um, being busy in ministry and being busy doing ministry, but not having a personal intimate relationship with your father in heaven. Um, and, and I just want people to like, see just because we're preachers kids does not mean that we have a personal relationship and, and that, and, and as a matter of fact, a lot of times it means that we're going to have to go through this like long process of like reversing, re unlearning and relearning. And it sounds Mm -hmm. like, and it sounds like that's what you're saying is happening is I'm getting, you're getting to like, unlearn and relearn who God is to you and for you personally. And that is so powerful because it's like, it speaks to how our upbringing as PK sometimes misses the mark in regards to giving us what's most valuable, which is relationship with Christ. Yeah. So I want to get into um, like the, the dad slash preacher part. So I know as pastors, um, they are the shepherd of the flock, right? So essentially they are fathering um, this congregation of people. So a lot of people consider their pastors, their spiritual father, right? Yeah. Um, So how was that balanced for you, given that your dad was not only your biological and natural father, but also your spiritual father. And on top of that, you have an additional layer to that because you were working in ministry. Your dad was also your boss. So talk about how you and your father balanced him having all of those roles in your life. So yeah, like you said, my father was my father, my boss, because I worked for him and um, my pastor And that was really hard to balance because it's like you deal, imagine dealing with a boss Mm -hmm. and, or just the sake the boss piece Mm -hmm. and you guys have a disagreement, Mm -hmm. but then you have to turn around. Now the disagreements were never just like falling out. It was just a business disagreement, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Normal. Right. Right. In the business world, at least. And then, but you have, but then like you have to go to church on Sunday and then have this man be your pastor. Mm-hmm. And I, for the longest, I had a hard time like accepting that. I'll be honest, for a long time, I just was like, well, I really can't see him as this right now because certain things that have transpired, nothing that was just insane. It was just as a, these are things that happened in my youth. So mm-hmm. I didn't know or understand how to like 
be spiritually fed and be told what to do as a employee mm-hmm. and be a good son. Mm. those mm. were all hard because they all kind of like because we're living under the same roof for a majority mm-hmm. of this time and it's like how do I like what who do I go to you know what I'm saying yeah like, do I go to my father about this or do I like go to my pastor about this and it was like sometimes I just wouldn't go at all mm. because like I didn't know and given that he made himself more than available uh, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. as he could at least to be available um, and literally saying like, hey, y'all can talk to me about such and such. Mm-hmm. And I at least found it very hard to just sometimes even go to any of those three positions because mm-hmm. I would actually default to the boss position because that was the one that was like less sensitive and less yeah. personal. Yeah, and it was just yeah. all business. But like yeah. when it came to pastoral things and fatherly things, it was really hard to like find the balance there, which really made it hard for me to have a relationship with God. Period. I have to pause you right here because I want to touch on this. This piece is so important. I feel like for people to hear and understand um, is that oftentimes the way we interact with God, our heavenly father, a lot of times is a direct reflection of how we have interacted with or how comfortable we, how comfortable we are with our natural fathers. And this is why you can sometimes especially in the case of PKs grow up with a two in a two parent home. You got a father and a mother who are there. They're your pastor, they're your daddy, they all, all these things. But because of these challenges and because of these layers and all this nuance that we have not figured out as kids or as young adults or whatever, um, it then makes it difficult for us to, connect intimately with our heavenly father which creates this whole other issue right it's like this is why we've got to go through this whole rediscovering process of who we are and who god is because i've been treating god like i've been treating my dad or i or or i've been expecting god to treat me like i um Mm. receive treatment from my natural father right it's like this this core like correlation between our natural relationships and our heavenly relationship with, with God. So I just, I have to share that because I just want people to understand that it's not so simple. And I think sometimes you and I have talked about it, have talked about this before. I think sometimes people assume that when PKs have struggled spiritually or when PKs have struggled in their relationships with their parents, it's because they are rebellious or because they're ungrateful or because all these other things that we've got all these random labels slapped on us because it is assumed that we're supposed to come out picture perfect because we had the two parent home and we had a spirit, a strong spiritual foundation because we had our pastor in our house as our father. But a lot of times it's the exact opposite. And it's not because we're rebellious. It's not because we're ungrateful. It's not because we are, we are whatever these negative labels are. It's because we have struggled to navigate these relationships. And now we're struggling to navigate, um, our heavenly father child relationship and it's difficult it's just challenging it is what it is and it's not it's and it's not to point fingers to say hey you did something wrong no it's just like this is the this is the reality of trying to figure out that balance you know Mm -hmm. but you know what that's so accurate and that honestly i feel like a lot of people can apply that to their lives absolutely absolutely 
and what that looked like for me, it was like I I've always had a hard time asking for material things from my father, mm-hmm. my biological father, mm-hmm. which I didn't realize how that translated mm-hmm. into my spiritual father. And I came across this weird discovery that God actually wants us to cast our cares on him and oh. like ask for what we need. And what a revelation. I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> it had this consistent level or line wow. of communication with yeah. him. And when I was, it, it took me understanding that that's what God wanted for me to be able to see that that is what I did not do in my childhood. With mm-hmm. my father. Yeah. 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 It, and it's, and it's why the past, I don't know, maybe the past seven years, I'll say, um, but especially the past, like two, I have this childlike gratitude for the personal relationship I have with God. It's like, yo, you talk to me like you see me as like just me as your child, like individually. You see, like what is in and, and for some it's like, girl, don't you expect him to talk to you? Like, duh, he's he's God. And but for me, it's like I count it such a privilege. And I honestly I hope it never goes away. This this like this innocence of when, you know when it comes to the intimacy I have with God, I had to come to realize you're so shocked and so surprised over God seeing you and like kicking it with you and being a friend to you and knowing you personally because you didn't have that with your dad. It was like, yes, my dad is there. I know he loves me. I know he's going to always provide for me, but there is not a very close intimate relationship. So, right. So it's like now with God, now that we have established this intimacy, it's like mind blowing because it's something I have not experienced from a father daughter perspective. So I for sure understand where you're coming from when you say it was difficult for you to cast all of your cares on the God or to even ask God for anything because you didn't do that in your natural relationship with your father. And that I think for sure can be applied to so many of us and how our natural parental relationships affect how they affect our relationship with our heavenly father. I think you just spoke on uh, something that like a lot of us as Christians or more specifically millennials deal with resting and dwelling in the fact that we serve this almighty God that can do all the things. Right. Right. But all the big things. All the big things and even the small things, but not having the ability to formulate a, a request to him, you know, for yeah. what we want. Because whether maybe we feel like it's too small or maybe it's too big or mm-hmm. maybe uh, he might not do it like I want him to do it. But it's like, mm, no, fam, like I'm yeah. here for all the things, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Give me your cares. Give me your smallest and your biggest stresses. Yes. Let me handle those so you can go throughout your day and give me glory and not worry about these things. Yeah, yeah. And and here's the thing. It's like these revelations, people would assume we would just have all alone because of our upbringing, but it's like it's the exact opposite. <laughs> and go back to having your own personal relationship. Exactly, exactly. What would you say to people who assume that um, all pastors or the majority of pastors um, are scammers and all they want to do is exploit the members for money and personal gain and personal power and influence? Um, is any of that true? Have you experienced that? Do you feel that? Um, what, what, is your, what would you say to that? 
I'm sure it's a thing. I would not doubt it's a thing, but I never, my father was the farthest from that. Yeah. And you wouldn't know that unless you spent time under his ministry and mm-hmm. saw what kind of person he was. Yeah. My father was not afraid, but like if he had to ask the church for money, if if he would, if God told him to mm-hmm. ask the church for some money, like I, I think that was like one of the, his like biggest fears to do because it's like, he, do, I don't think he wanted people to think yeah. he was that kind of preacher. But yeah. it's like, you gotta obey God. But yeah. Like I, I've seen what my dad has done with money and I've seen him put, you know, his money that he gets back right back into an offering plate. Yeah. You know? yes. so I say to people who are worried about that is like, well, find a ministry. Hello. First of all, a good old word church. Come on, word church. Sit on that leadership and let God like just reveal some things to you. And if you if, it's, if you feel like that's what it is, more than like it may or may not be. But like yeah. you have to like before you just if you just outside of church, not going to church, and you just think everybody's scammers, like yeah, I think you got to reassess your opinion about that whole thing. One thousand percent. Yeah. I think it's at this point, I think it's be a beyond a lazy opinion because the vast majority, I'm talking mm-hmm. about the vast majority of churches are not mega churches. Most of them are small to medium size and most oh. of them are being funded, especially in the beginning stages, are being funded by the pastor. Like, I cannot tell you how many times my dad has taken money from his pocket to make sure the ministry stayed afloat, to make sure the ministry um, was good, or or how many years he's gone without taking a salary because he want to make sure the church is okay. You know, it's like, those are, those are the sacrifices that they don't talk about, you know? And for me, I think both, well, I think both of us can speak to this in regards to the material piece. I remember um, growing up, it would bother me for my dad to even pick me up from school in his car because my dad, just like your dad, you know, likes a certain kind of car. <laughs> and they deserve it. Should they deserve to drive? They deserve to drive whatever they want to drive. Um, but I remember like just thinking, like, no, I don't want people to think, you know, like, oh, we got money because you know he the pastor. And first of all, for me, now I know Corey, your dad was full time ministry, but my dad was not. My dad was full time ministry and also full time corporate America, you know. So it's like a lot of the thing, a lot of the things that we had that people may have assumed came from the church did not at all. <laughs> like, no, my dad was giving way more to the church than ever taking from it. Um, but even if he was taking a lot, like we know that our Bible says that, you know, our leaders are worth honor and worth giving unto, Yay. you know, they deserve it. Um, so, and yeah, I feel like at this point, I think people use that as an excuse. Absolutely. It's lazy. Just yeah. just say you don't want to go to church. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, it might be deeper for some people. Let's, I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. But it's like, if that's all you're saying and you never go, and you ain't been to church in like 10 years, come on, fam. Right. But I only say, I say it's a lazy opinion because most of the time, the majority, not all the time, but the majority of the time, that opinion is being based on these televangelists who mm-hmm. no one likes, like not even church church folks like you know what I'm saying we're not rocking with them yeah. we're not we, supporting we them not. 
We have not approved that message at right. all. Right. We are not supporting anyone who's out here trying to sell miracle water and uh, deliverance prayer shawls. Like that's no, no one's for that, you know? So I feel like a lot of times those opinions that are slapped on the entire church or on all pastors across the board, it's like based on this tiny, tiny, tiny percentage um, of the whole. So yeah, of course, there's going to always be folks, you know, who will be scamming. There are scammers in every industry. <laughs> um, but it's like, you know, we got to go beyond that and say, hey, I mean, you, you can have your issues with the pastor, but don't just assume that my dad is a scammer <laughs> because you saw somebody sell a miracle water on BET at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Cause God. <laughs> what are some what are some PK stereotypes that are true for you? Like I know there are we're always the, we always hear you know PKs are the worst you know that we are just just sometimes we sometimes we just leave God completely we leave the church never come back we drunks so we always have we we sexing it up we promiscuous we're we're just all the bad things what are any of the like typical PK stereotypes for you or have I they been true I've literally done everything you just named so. <laughs> I guess so I, guess. I mean I feel like all that goes kind of into like that whole rebellious piece that yeah. PKs are like the most rebellious people. Yeah, and we all got a little rebellion in us. <laughs> I mean, don't leave me hanging here, sis. <laughs> we hey. all like pick your poison. <laughs> Listen, I I will admit that I have been the stereotypical PK in just about every sense of it. Like I will admit that, yeah. Let's unpack that, though. <laughs> I mean, Is you know, no. if everybody doing it, though, I guess. It's, and that's the thing, right? It's like we're just regular people. That's such a good point, Corey. We're just regular people, you know, like, but because we're. The, I used to like the fornicate like the next person. Right. You know, everybody else fornicating. I'm not, you know, the worst because I'm a PK fornicating. No, like we're all equally wrong. Yeah. I don't know. But maybe, I don't know. Maybe that fornication hit you different when you're a PK. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the conviction level for sure hit different. Oh, baby. <laughs> Even now. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not out in these streets. I know no woman. I do not. <laughs> What they smell like these days. Wait, wait, Corey, wait. I, I don't know, man. God got me in this place. Wait, Corey, Corey. I'm so weak. Ooh, hold on, hold on. I need Ooh. a I'm about to say a wife. I need a, a woman first. <laughs> Ooh, oh, man. that is hilarious. That is hilarious. Do you believe you'll ever following your dad's footsteps as a preacher, pastor? A pastor of a location? <sighs> I, if it was up to me, uh -huh. I would not want to be a pastor of anything. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I'm not blind to what God is trying to do. Mm. I'm not, I, I'm not blind to it. Um, <laughs> I try my best to stay open to what God want to do. Um, I'm not seeking any 
theological degree. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> you said, God, if you're going to do this, it's going to be all you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Lord, send the burning bush. And, uh, cloud by day, fire by night, Lord. <laughs> um, y'all, I'm laughing because I'm laughing because I know Corey personally and literally like so many people since he's been a teenager have called him like the little Joel Osteen. <laughs> and like oh so many people joke about Corey just, you know, running from his call. And so hopefully one day he going to settle you down. <laughs> I'm not running. <laughs> well, you want to, you want to, you want to unpack it? <laughs> hey, go ahead. I'm not running. See, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, no. I just had to explain why I was laughing. Cause it was like, you were like stumbling over. Like, I mean, you know, I don't want to, but, and I appreciate that you're accepting that that could be something that God is calling you into, but it'll be something for sure that God is calling and leading you into. And that's something that you pursue. And I respect that. Yeah. I have so much I want to say. Say it. We've talked. Yeah. And it's so much more than church to me. Um, yeah. Sure. It's so much more than a building and yeah. being a pastor of these group of people. I just feel like there's more. And that's yeah. it. Keep it yeah. playing. There's Amen. More. And I feel like that's another piece of being a PK is like our whole view of church just be so different, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of times it either looks like us leaving the church completely or transforming our ideology completely. And thankfully for, I think I can speak for the both of us in saying that it's the, the latter mm-hmm. that, you know, we just, thankfully we stay in the fold. Cause there was a time that I was like, man, F the church. All Bro, y'all, y'all can have this. I, I was resent. I had resentment. I was bitter. Like man, oh, your pew, take it, <laughs> take it all. But you know what? I feel like growing up in the church and just experiencing things I've experienced. If anything, it makes me want to bring an awareness for us. Ooh, yes, be going through. You know what I've. You know, going through. So I feel like that is something that God will use me in. Yeah. Um, if he hasn't already, honestly. Yes, yes, yes. And I think that's true for the both of us. I, 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 I firmly believe that um, PKs like us, and I know so many more PKs who are on the same wave, I, I firmly believe that we had to have those experiences because of how God wants to use us to represent or to um, create a new image when it comes to what church looks like for people um, and to make it appealing to people who really want Jesus. They just don't want the the religion, you know? Um, and yeah, I think we had to become irritable and, fr- or I think we had to become irritated with the church and frustrated with the church that would drive us into um, being a, a solution, honestly. Yeah. I was listening to something. So, yeah, it's purpose in it it all. Um, It's blessing and beauty in it all, for sure. And Uh, I think that's what makes me feel like that is what a a piece of what I'm supposed to do because for me, it was more than just a natural frustration. It was like a spiritual frustration to see go on the way that's going on. This doesn't make sense. And like, my flesh does not care at all. I do not care about you church people um, <laughs> I mean, in the nicest way possible. But when yeah. I see certain things that are uh, 
quote unquote infecting these innocent souls. Like, yeah. Like, I don't like this. And this yes. is not the way. <laughs> same, same, same. Agree, agree. Well, awesome. That's awesome. All right. One more question, and then we're going to get into the next segment. Um, what are like some PK privileges that you enjoyed? Like small little perks, maybe that you got that, like, okay, this is kind of cool. PKs sacrifice a lot. We sacrifice our families, we sacrifice our, our fathers or mothers, whichever one is, you know, the pastor. We sacrifice um, family vacations, we sacrifice quality time because we have to share our families, right? We, we, we sacrifice a lot, right? And it can be not so amazing. But what are the amazing pieces? It can be simple. Tell there us. There was always a chicken plate waiting for you at the service. <laughs> like special occasion services. <laughs> and you wouldn't get it on the uh, to-go plate with the parchment paper and the pound cake on top. Yeah, yeah. Real plate, yes. real forks, and real glass of Kool-Aid yes. with the napkin on top. So yes! <laughs> I really like that. 1,000%, you know, and even and if, in my case, even if, we were, even if we were going to get them, you know, in the to-go place, we had this, you know, we could skip the line and at least get the good food, right? Because the pastor's table, they had a different spread than the regular folks. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Did. They had they the had fried a, chicken. They had, right. They had, they had <laughs> The, the fire stuff you know so we sneak in there you know and get our good food or whatever and come back with the common folks <laughs> oh, so yeah i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> and if we did have to go home with the to-go place we would get about five of them <laughs> each each <laughs> oh, oh, it would be like a plate of chicken and one to go buy yeah 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 the whole family I know for me um, one of the perks that even helps me today a lot of the um I guess like professional skills I have or just just business acumen that you just need on an everyday basis in corporate America, I mostly got from like serving in ministry, being in church. Really? It didn't really come from like business school or my MBA or whatever. By the time they were Forget teaching. <laughs> Degrees had nothing to do with it. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. that, okay. Maybe I didn't come out right, but like, <laughs> I, I just know, like I, I just specifically remember like in undergrad when I got to certain classes, um, I'm like, oh dang, y'all teaching this now? Cause I sure got this back when I was in middle school at church. You know what I'm saying? Or even simple things like public speaking, right? Like I was in the I was in the Sunshine Band, okay, and we had very strict, very strict leaders, okay. And if we didn't say nothing right, we would be embarrassed, like in Jump public. Up. Did y'all wear white gloves? What we absolutely wear white gloves and navy blue skirts and yellow t shirts. Yellow shirts. Yeah, it was the yellow shirts and the cummerbund. Yes, we we did that. So it's like we had to learn, you know, how to present publicly, how to speak publicly, how to do all those things, perform publicly very, very, very early. Um, we learned all those like leadership skills and stuff. Like, you know, I mean, when you're a PK, you do it all. You know, you lead in the choir, leading the praise team, directing, you yeah. counting the, <laughs> count the I mean, counting the money, you're doing everything. <laughs> Right. You're doing everything. So a lot of um, skills, um, just basic skills you need in everyday life. I got in church versus, you know, school. So that was a perk. That means you was in church a lot. That means we was Listen, in church a lot. Cause I a lot. For that too. 
Well, you for sure can relate. You're in your what you do as a career right now. Your skills begin oh, in church. My God, yeah. Like I remember my first day at, at my job. Now it was like if I would never would have learned this in church, I would not have any idea. Yeah, it was dealing with like network stuff and like yeah, certain media devices. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you, church. Thank, Thank you, God. Church. Thank you, church. <laughs> Thank you, church. Thank you. Thank you uh, our, to our daddies, our pa- our fathers, yeah. pastors. Thank you, pastor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was good stuff. And also, um, like on like special occasions, when they would gift, when they would give gifts to my parents, they would always slide something to me and my sister, too. So that was yeah. cool. They still be doing that, too. And I'd be having yeah. to pick that money up. <laughs> and yeah and I think for me the biggest perk is like just the family you gain the lifetime family who like Mm -hmm. blood couldn't make you any closer you know like you've literally known them that your entire I mean these people have known us our entire lives you know bro you said something because when you really find that that tribe of people in your church. Yeah. Them girls ain't never going to let you go. Like, Ever. They want to be at your wedding. They want to be at your baby shower. Yes. Don't come to reception because we're going to be drinking there. <laughs> 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 yeah. I've, shouts out. Shouts out to my tribe from my home church in Alabama. Y'all. Man. Y'all my family forever. <laughs> yeah. Grace and peace. Multiply. Grace and peace. <laughs> <laughs> hundredfold. He's so churchy. Press down. Taking <laughs> together. Run it over. <laughs> what is it? Into their bosom? Something like that? Don't make me start quoting this scripture. I ain't never read. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, this is a really good conversation. I, I love it. I love it. And I hope that y'all could could um fill us on some of this stuff i think some of it i think a lot of it is universal and just you know like when it comes to identity and purpose and relationships so yeah i hope you guys enjoy let's get into this next segment brownie points so Corey, for brownie points um i want you to Think of something within the past week that you are uh, super proud of yourself for. Um, This segment is to help us to love on ourselves and find the good in us and celebrate that. We are so good at uh, harboring on all of the things we didn't do well, we didn't complete, we didn't finish, we didn't follow through on. Well, this segment, this is when we're going to find something. It could be something so simple. Maybe you gave two bucks to someone on the side of the road on your way to work. It could be something so simple. Um, but there is a good deed that you've done in the past week. There is something you've done or said um, that you should be proud of. So find it and share it. And for my listeners, I want you to find it too. And when you've thought of yours, go on over to Instagram or Facebook or both and share under the brownie points post what you're giving yourself brownie points for this week. For me, I'm going to give myself brownie points for um, having a very civil conversation with my neighbors. I've been living in this particular apartment complex for um, a little over a year now. And um, the last six months about my upstairs neighbors are just so annoying. They are so loud. And you got a thick ceiling too. So they be loud, loud. Listen, loud, (laughs) loud. And I have, I think, think been more than reasonable 
Um, so I finally escalated it to uh, the leasing office and got them involved. And I was like, listen, I'm not trying to get them evicted, but if we can do figure something out. So they uh, coordinated for us to talk to each other and we talked today. And I did not. Now, this is I've been having built up frustration since August. And yes, and I felt that South Alabama was going to come up through my tone, but it didn't. Oh. And I am giving myself brownie points for that. I was I did so not see that going that way. <laughs> yes, see, you should be proud of me, Corey. You should be proud of me. <laughs> I was so nice and warm and understanding. I was, and it, it was a couple, and the lady was very nice, and and I could tell she was trying to be um, accommodating. The guy's energy. He came defensive, right? And mm-hmm. I came def- and I came defensive because y'all loud and y'all annoying. Um, but we were able to have a conversation that ended so beautifully. We, we ended up exchanging numbers. They were like, you know what? Hey, whenever we're loud, just text us and let us know. It was like, yeah, yeah. And I was just so proud of myself because I felt a neck roll. I felt a finger pop. I, 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 felt, I felt all of it boiling up, but it didn't come out. It didn't manifest. Instead... God kept me and God kept them. Amen. <laughs> He'll do it if you want him. Listen, if you, if you let him, if you let him, he will. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, yeah, what? They're black or white? They're white. Okay. I just want you to know. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 That's the thing. That's what I'm saying. I'm proud of myself. Baby, <laughs> you hear them shades of brown. <laughs> Listen, I hear, they only saw one shade of brown <laughs> today. Yeah. Okay. So I want to give myself brownie points for participating in Read Across America today with my job. Okay. I read to a group of kids at two different schools. That is so sweet. Green eggs and ham, and they loved it. And I actually got a compliment, and they said I was the best reader they had had since they've been doing it. Oh, so, that is so sweet. Uh, Giving back yeah. to the kids. Corey, Corey loved the kids. Look at you. Corey loved the kids. That really is good. so And I was like really into it. And I was like changing voices and interacting with the kids. Come on and here. My uh, team members got to see a different side of me. And so it was all good. It was fun. That is awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Awesome. All right, y'all. Well, y'all go ahead over and hopefully that uh, gave y'all some inspiration. Y'all figure out what y'all, what you're giving yourself brownie points for. Find something now and head on over to Instagram and Facebook. Find me at Shades of Brown Podcast and share with me what you're giving yourself brownie points for. All right, y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in to this episode of Shades of Brown. And thank you so much, Corey, for being Shades of Brown's first guest host hope to have you back again for some other conversations because we always have a good time when we get together and and we always have good conversations so hopefully you can come back to shades of brown if god say the same if god if if god if the lord wills because you know he's coming like a thief in the night (laughs) (laughs) all right y'all bye